0: Welcome to the Mom Worthy Podcast. This is Brittany. This is Sam. Grab your coffee. Or your wine. And come hang out with us.
1: Good morning and happy Mondays, Mama. Thank you so much for being here with us. Today, you get to listen to a conversation that Britt and I had with Lori Beth, who is a professional homeschooling mama in Maui. Freaking lucky duck, ma'am. Anywho... She is a homeschooling pro, and she gives us all of her tips and tricks and her journey through homeschooling, and she has a course that we're able to check out, um, and that will give you guys all the resources that you guys need to, to be able to homeschool. She also lists several resources to provide support for people who want to homeschool, and Britt and I thought that this conversation would be amazing, especially right now with all the kids that are learning virtually. And we are constantly hearing about the struggles of learning virtually. Well, this mama will give you another option. Like If you want to start homeschooling, you can start homeschooling next week. So if you find that the virtual learning and, you know, being your kid being tied to the computer from like eight to two or three isn't working for your family, we wanted to be able to offer you guys another option. And, and this is an option that may work for some of you guys. And for me, I'm a working mom, so I had a lot of questions about how a working mom such as myself would be able to manage, you know, homeschooling her children. And so we kind of talked through that and brainstormed different ideas. And I really, truly feel like that conversation will be beneficial to a lot of other working moms as well. So we really hope you guys enjoy this conversation and learn something from it. If you have any additional questions, let us know. Let Lori Beth know. Uh, We will let you know how to find her in the episode. But anywho, we really hope you guys enjoy this episode and have a wonderful
2: Monday.
0: We're excited to talk to you today. we got a lot of questions for you.
2: Oh, good. I'm I'm glad. I can talk about all things homeschool all day long, so I'm stoked, but I also feel like it's going to be a huge letdown after a dominatrix conversation, you guys.
1: Oh my God. Did you see our stories? Oh my. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Because yesterday I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to post any of the questions or anything, or like, I wonder what people are curious about. And it's like, we're going to interview this. I was like, oh, cool. And then it was like dominatrix. I'm like, damn.
1: Wait, wait. I'll be
2: <laughs> you. Yours got
1: significantly more questions yeah. and, and feedback on it I will tell you that like yeah. so many moms with everything going on with COVID and schools being yeah. closed like this is such yeah. a conversation to be had and so yeah. right yeah. now so don't compare yourself to, yeah. to the dominatrix apples and, oranges, to apples and oranges apples and oranges
2: I cannot wait to tell my husband and my best friend seriously because like, oh. they you know we all live in the same house so I'm like you guys I had a follow-up and I was good <laughs>
0: you're in Hawaii right
2: yeah I'm on Maui yeah
0: Wow! how long have you lived there
2: Since 2002 lucky duck oh my god it's pretty magic it's stupid guys like I'm looking right now and the the sunrise is coming up and like we've got miniature goats and fancy chickens and like bi-coastal views and all this stuff and there are moments I'm like how is this even real life
0: wow that's a great place to homeschool that's where we need to go live we need to buy
1: land on Maui it's beautiful
2: you might as well the market is hot it stays hot everyone's like well what about the real estate market because we flip houses um as like whatever thing that we do and yeah so i can show you all the places to buy and not buy (sighs)
0: there we go it really
1: is beautiful i took a a two-week cruise and so i got to to go to all the islands not long enough but it was really cool because i got to they're all different every fine island is completely different like different landscaping, different people and different vibes and cultures. And I wouldn't have known that if I didn't get to see them back to to back.
2: That is a nice way to do it. I I like, if anyone's like, if you can only do like one island um, we have the motto of Maui is Maui no ka'oi which means Maui's the best. Mm. And none of us argue with that.
1: (laughs) Can you remind me, is Maui the one that that films all of the tropical movies? Is that on Maui? That's Oahu. Oahu. Okay. Oahu. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, Like where Honolulu and Waikiki and all that are. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I have a hard time. That That's also my struggle, seeing them so close together.
2: Sometimes I can't tell them apart because I saw them so close. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, you guys are in Arizona? Yeah. Yep. So I could not. not- very cool. Uh, A map of Arizona. I could not draw the shape of the state. I could not like be like. Here's a star for Phoenix. I'd be like, is that even the capital, or is that like?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is Phoenix. The capital. (laughs) Oh, okay. A ding, ding. (laughs) Not very exciting here. (laughs) Well, we've got a lot of questions for you, so I think okay, let's dive right in. I'm very curious too, because to be honest, I've always kind of considered homeschooling. Like, I have. a almost seven year old, a five year old, and a two-year-old. And the older two are in school, but it's always been in the back of my mind. So I probably going to have some questions as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. My son's only two. So I, I still feel like we do schooling from home, but I don't you know, I don't know. Two year old. Yeah, you yeah. teach a two year old. So for us it's not the same kind of situation. Um, but I am with everything going on in the world like i've considered even in the future doing more homeschooling yeah. so this is really good preview for even like us moms that aren't there yet yeah. and kind of how can we prepare in advance to to do something like this
2: with homeschool um yeah. i actually worked as a personal assistant to an international rock star for almost 10 years so i have been <laughs> did you say who who oh, yeah Um, (laughs) um, It's so funny because I never really talk about it um, because like my family, but um, I worked for the Kruger family, Mike Kruger, the bass player for Nickelback.
0: <gasps>
2: wow yeah. so um cool. they're super lovely super down to earth and you know they never needed a nanny or anything like that but when we would go on the road and we would travel the kids were at a waldorf school here and so then when they traveled in order for the family to be together the kids needed to be homeschooled on the road and I have um, my bachelor's degree in communication for the child and my master's degrees in children's literature and then a second one in creative writing for children. And I felt really capable of homeschooling the kids. We had a good relationship, all of that. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's just figure it out. And so that's how I got started was, was homeschooling them for you know approximately half the year, sometimes less. And one day we were on the European leg of a tour and their Waldorf curriculum lined up with studying ancient Rome. And here I am looking at this like paper curriculum and we are walking around the city and the things that you can learn just from like experiencing things. And we were standing on the stage of the Coliseum. I have chills just thinking about it. And I was so blown away in that moment. And I was so filled with resolve that when I had children, I would homeschool them because I want them to learn like this. Like this is learning, this is like touching the stones and putting your feet on the stage of the Coliseum. And you're like, yeah, there was a pretty sketch of it in the book, (laughs) the curriculum, but this is like real life. So um, ironically enough, shortly after that, we came back and my husband, my now husband proposed to me like a couple of weeks later and we had a baby in the first year. So my Mm -hmm. kids are actually seven, five and three. As well, oh. so I'm I'm in that camp with you. I'm in that camp with you. Yeah, me, yeah. moms. Yeah. So that's how I got started. And you know, um, I guess we're really fortunate because when I talked with him about that, and we knew that we wanted to homeschool our kids, and we're not we're like opt outers. We're not really like nine to five, Monday through Friday people. We don't live for the weekend, any of that sort of stuff. So we wanted to be parents. So we started to arrange our life from that point when we could, you know, before we had kids, so that I could work from home. Um, I actually continued to be a personal assistant until after I had my second kid. Oh wow, it was wild. So we we did all of that and did our work, and and so we're entrepreneurs, work from home, and I homeschool the kids, and it's a passion of mine. And yeah, so now because I've been doing it for over 10 years, I see a bunch of other parents. I saw the need over a year ago for more people to have access to more resources. But one of the things that I noticed that people really needed was perspective because they felt like homeschool was trying to recreate the classroom, like a brick and mortar classroom in their home. They felt like well, I have to teach my kid from like 8am to 3pm or whatever the, I don't even know what school times are these days, but they're like, I need to be teaching them something. There needs to be this really rigid schedule and all of this. And we are not those people. I can homeschool all three of my kids. There was four living in our house um, for the last six months and uh, a two-year-old thrown into the mix there too. And it takes less than an hour a day. It's really, wow wild. Yeah. So there's different ways and it's just a totally different way of living, totally different way of thinking about education, what education actually means, how you show up for your kids, all of that. And I have found so much freedom in it and joy and happiness and connection with my children and meaning in my life. I mean, my motherhood journey just became, it's already very meaningful. You all know this, but it's like next level when you can just really dive into um, homeschool because then you're learning too. And it just, I don't know, it lights a fire in me. So I'm so excited. I just want to like gather in all the moms and be like, yes, I want you to do this too. You can do this too. Yeah.
0: Gather around, gather around. I think it is really important to know that it's not an eight to 3 p.m. type. It's, my kid's schedule is um, close to the eight to 3 p.m. And that sounds so uh, overwhelming for a mom to have to do that. But I've heard from other people and you just now that it's only like an hour or two a day, which is something that I think a lot of people can, handle. Mm-hmm. Less intimidating. For sure. Mm-hmm. Good to know that.
1: Are they still, when you do it an hour or two, are they still getting like all the, the same curriculum, but it's just quicker because it's more one-on-one and focused or what's that sort of situation? Is it a completely different curriculum?
2: So I have um, the three kids, sometimes four right around me. So it's not as me being the teacher, my kids being the student, us sitting at a table or a desk or something like that. It's so much less of that. It's more, I hold the information in my head about what it is I'm going to present. And so for example, we are reading fairy tales with my first grader and it's so fun. Well, my kindergartner and my preschooler are going to get things out of those fairy tales as well. They're just going to get different things. So I read the one fairy tale to all of them. And technically that counts for all of them in language arts for that day. Then I can present the worksheets to them or whatever, but it's so much less worksheets and sitting down and drilling and it's more experiencing it. And I follow more of a Charlotte Mason approach. Charlotte Mason is an educator. Like a lot of people have heard of like Maria Montessori. Mm -hmm. Um, in Waldorf and and, uh, Reggio Emilio and different alternative education philosophies. And Charlotte Mason is one of them. And it's more like honoring the whole child and asking them what they think rather than then just dumping information into them and saying, um, I had a guest on my show, Leah Bowden. She's a Charlotte Mason expert. And the way she described it was, it's like putting down food in front of your kids and the Charlotte Mason approach is letting them taste what they want and asking them what they like, what it tastes like, what it smells like, would they eat it again? Do they like it? You know, Would they wanna make it themselves? All that sort of stuff. And a traditional sort of education approach that we think is saying, this is a bread, this is a fruit, this is what this tastes like, this is what this tastes like. So instead of just dumping information into them, it's more of a, hey, what did you guys think of that story? And if you read one story to a seven, five and three-year-old, you're gonna get very different answers. And to me, that's just fascinating and makes us wanna keep going. So it's a lot less, um, I mean, it's intentional. So the hour is like, okay, I know I need to read them this fairy tale. We need to work on addition. And I can play one board game (laughs) that focuses on addition. That's fun. And I know that I need to teach this concept to the first grader, and this is what they need to get. I know that the kindergartner needs to get this concept and the three-year-old is just stop moving those pieces. Please stop. Managing a (laughs)
0: three-year-old. So is there a set curriculum that you use or do you get things from different places?
2: Yes. And yes, <laughs> um, I use a uh, Blossom and Root. I am a huge fan of Blossom and Root. That's a nature-based Charlotte Mason inspired curriculum. And instead of it's laid out so that if you were a really I don't know, type A person, I guess. Uh, You could do like week one, here's all the lessons you have to present. Week two, here's all the lessons you have to present. Instead, I just kind of pull from it and say, okay, well, this makes sense. Or, oh, we're going to the lava fields this week, you know? Oh, okay, so now it's time to pull in the minerals and the the rocks and the geography and everything else that kind of organically goes with it. So I rely on that one for that. I also love Oak Meadow. It's a Waldorf inspired um, curriculum, super easy to understand same, same thing, you can easily follow it or you can pull from it. So um, for example, Blossom and Root, uh, the first grade level doesn't have a lot of math focus. They do, but they don't. They do to the point of like, ooh, that's magical, math and art, hello, wow, mind blown. And then you have the parents who are like, no, 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 seriously, like my kid might have to pass a test, like we need like worksheets, all that sort of stuff you can find those online anywhere. You can find the worksheets, you can find all the things. Um, You can test the heck out of your kids or you can see how well they do in the board game. You know, it's it's kind of your choice. I I use wild math, which is nature-based math. So it's like, if you're out on a hike and I'll have a lesson in my mind and just like, oh, okay, we need to learn this. Here's an activity I can take from wild math while we're out on the hike. I present it organically, my kids get really into it. And then that's how I teach that. So those are the main ones I use. I feel like I'm missing one. Math UC is also really great. It uses manipulatives in a video. So if I want to be a little bit lazy on the math front, (laughs) there is a man on a video who will teach that lesson to my kids. Nice. Nice. I love that.
1: And that's something that you've talked about is like that um, Mm nature-based schooling approach and, and something
0: that you wanted to do. And yes, I love that. I do think especially you know kids are more hands-on in general and I do think it helps you know it's difficult right now uh, my son who's the first grader he's been really great at pretty much everything he gets principals' list you know straight A's in school but he has had some issues with math um, what is it they're using it's the new math program you know where they're trying to break it down and it's just so confusing but when I make it simple like I give you three Pokemon cards and then you get five more what does that equal in his head he can do it quickly you know And I do think there's different approaches for different kids. So that is one thing that you can do with homeschooling. You can, you know, focus on the way that your kid learns, which in regular school, you're not going to get that.
2: Mm -hmm. The individualized attention. I mean, the kids just get lit on fire. You can just see it. And when you stumble upon the thing, I mean, and think about it, it's you getting to know your kid better too, right? Finding the thing that lights them up and that makes you feel more connected to them too. Uh, another awesome thing, if you're interested in like nature-based kind of stuff, there is a, a thousand hours outside program where if you uh, break that down, a thousand hours outside in one year is about three hours a day. Oh, wow. And if you think about that, that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot, especially the average kid gets mere minutes a day outside. So you can take all the lessons, go outside. You can do all that nature-based stuff. You could basically take all your workbooks, you know, you're like kind of type a brick and mortar looking books and just go do it outside on a blanket. And that yeah. counts as outside time. Right. I love that. Especially right now where a lot of kids
0: are virtual and
2: they're inside
0: staring at a screen all day be a great way to uh, switch it up and get outside and I love that three hours a day that sounds like nothing really but it, like you said it's actually a lot
2: mostly mm-hmm. yeah the virtual school stuff I know that at this point so many people are getting fed up with it I know it's working for some kids I know it's not I know that there are people who are pretending like it's working and it's not, you know, they're trying to be supportive of the school. They feel all this pressure. And there is, honestly, I've seen it locally. I've seen it um, on the mainland, well, online. <laughs> but people feeling pressure from the school of like, no, you have to keep your kid enrolled for us to get funding. You, ha- you have to align with our staff or, or the threats of like falling behind and things like that. But that's the thing I hear all the time is I'm so afraid my kid is going to fall behind, you know? And that's moms showing up and trying to do the best they can. They just want their kid to... Stay on task, you know, whatever that means, you know. But if you think about it, just a different perspective for parents Um, when kids change grades, and this is going to be very blunt, and I'm not saying that this is um, indicative of all kids, but you remember when we were in school (laughs) a long time ago for me, um, there was like the dumb kids, the average kids, and the advanced kids Mm -hmm. divided by grade. That's not what they call them in school, but as kids, we knew, you knew whether you were in the, the kid, the dumb kids, the average kids, or that, that's not what it is. That's playground talk. That's like a kid's interpretation of these different levels, you know, and remember, no, I get what you're saying. Okay. Thank you. I always feel so. Yeah, sad. yeah. no, I, I remember sad. I was honestly in the average category. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I felt dumb, <laughs> right. I, I passed, but I felt, I just, I didn't understand the kids who could just do yeah. things Studying, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I didn't study and I was the average kid. I look back
1: and I'm mad I didn't study because I could have been yeah. a top kid and I had no like
2: commitment to it. But that's not a real thing. That's not a real, not a real thing. No real <laughs> thing. So it's like this construct that we all live, but you know what it is is that all the teachers are trained to teach each of the kids at those different levels and so that they all pass, you know, by the end of the year. We all graduate. Us sitting here talking to each other, does it really matter? which of those levels we were in when we were kids we all graduated and now we're here you know doing our thing living our lives loving it you know So it doesn't really matter. The teachers are trained to meet the kids where they are. And a lot of them are making it up as they go along too. With educated backgrounds, they're doing the best they can. Really, truly super stressful situation. They're also trained to meet kids at different levels too. So if your kid like falls behind, if you will, quote unquote, for just a a little bit, there is the opportunity for them to catch back up. And quite frankly, we all fall behind in certain subjects at different times, all of that. So that's not really a thing, but if the virtual school thing isn't working and you're tired of being like married to your house and your Wi-Fi at 9am every single day, Monday through Friday, take a quick lunch break while you're trying to work from home and then you're like have to log a bunch of kids on at a different time, it's very stressful. You can actually ditch all of that for the rest of the year, you can quit that. In the middle of the year, here you can um, start now. You can start. You can just say, you know what, we're actually going to homeschool and just figure it out as you go along. So, if you want to drop it, you can. And there is a lot, a lot, a lot of freedom and resources in the homeschool world. And you won't be married to Wi-Fi anymore. And you won't be married to your computer or your family schedule won't revolve around you have to show up online at nine a.m. every day.
1: What do you say? what's your response to like the stigma of homeschooling? You know, like, unfortunately there's this stigma out there and like yeah. when I grew up, people would be like, homeschool kids are are weird, unfortunately. Yeah. Not that I feel that way, but there's this stigma out there. So what do you have to say in response to that?
2: That it's, it's false, it really is a myth at this point. Were homeschool kids weird back in the day? I don't know, I was a child and that was my interpretation of the adults around me who didn't know anything <laughs> about it, right? Yeah. I'm wearing a designer dress with my hair done and lashes on. I'm not wearing a jumper. You know, I'm not like this homeschool mom that people think. I do have a farm and animals and all of that sort of stuff. I love
1: that. I love that. We're so jealous.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, do I fit some of the stereotypes? Sure, but not really. Like homeschool has exploded. It exploded before all this stuff went down. There are so many resources and so much freedom, super cool moms, such cool moms. If, if you know that that's like a concern for people, there's, there's organizations, there's socialization that's happening, you wow. know, there's all these different bubbles of like homeschool kids and they're not weird they are articulate they are kind they are generous they're brilliant they're interested they're interesting because they're interested they can hold conversations with adults and i'm not saying this is every single one and i'm sure there's some weird kids out there whatever we're moms uh, everywhere yeah Everywhere. It doesn't matter. And even then that's just a loose interpretation. But if you're concerned about like the socialization stigma, um, I teach in, in my course that my biggest concern with socialization is that we socialize too much. Yeah. And like this, like you said, there's groups and things. That's one thing I've looked into
0: with homeschooling is like homeschool groups where you meet up with other people and you can let your kids
2: socialize and have
0: friends. And
2: so- yeah, it's like, they're almost like mini schools almost, you know, yeah. like, you know, if you think about it people are like oh but they need to be exposed to a bunch of different people and all this i'm like oh don't worry they are and if wow. with the same families over and over and over again it's like a kid showing up to a classroom and seeing the same classmates over and over and over again every single day so it's not really any different they have opportunities to fight <laughs> to make up to work through things to figure out life you know and then the moms have a chance to sit back and say like how, how are things going for you? Do you have any questions? But mostly, we're talking about like all the stuff that you're talking about, right? Like you guys breaking through the stigma of, okay, moms only want to talk about certain mom things. No, we want the conspiracy theories. We <laughs> want to be talking about all this stuff, you know? <laughs> the dominatrixes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we want to be talking about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I get that because at first, when we started our podcast a couple of years ago, we stuck very much to very, stereotypical mom topics. And then we got bored. Yeah, we got bored. We got bored of talking about it. And we're like, other moms have to be bored too. Like, what do we want to talk about now? And then we just like everything, everything's different and nothing's off
0: the
2: table now. Yeah. I love it. Broke through that stigma, you know, Uh,
0: you mentioned a course. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Sure. I did a course again before all this happened. I, um, The homeschool community here on Maui is alive and well. Like we're opt-outers to the nth degree, a bunch of Mauians, you know, we we do things a little differently here. I've learned that through my uh, agent, right? Telling me like, that's not how the rest of the world does that. I'm like, oh, I had no idea. (laughs) But um, so we're opt-outers. And so there's a lot of people here who want to get started with homeschool and they weren't sure how to do it. Once you're in the game for a while, you get a message every other week can I meet you for coffee and pick your brain about homeschool? Can I meet you for coffee? I love coffee and drink three cups a day. I don't have the time or the tolerance to drink that much coffee for all the times I got asked. Can I just pick your brain about this? So I started teaching uh, in-person classes and um, that went really well. And then, um, I was getting requests from people like, Hey, can I FaceTime into your class or, Hey, is there any way my friend on the mainland can like virtually attend your class or whatever? And I was like, you know what, for all the demand and everybody who wants to know this information, I'll just put it online. So I did. So the course is called homeschool explained. And I go over all the things you guys, all the things, <laughs> awesome. curriculum, socialization, state laws, homeschool styles because one of the stigmas too that I don't think I quite realized till this year is that a lot of people think there's like one way to homeschool Mm -hmm. and there just, there isn't. Or a lot of times people think that uh, others who are presenting homeschool are presenting like their way of doing it. I share the way that I do it. But then I also tell people, okay, here's, here are the styles I pull from. Here's a list of 12 that you could pull from that I, to identify with. And as soon as you find your homeschool style and what really resonates with you as a person, but also each of your children too, because they're all very different. So you might find that you need to pull from different types of curriculum for your children. It's all a slow unfolding too. So, so many people are like, oh shoot, if I'm going to invest in a curriculum, you know, I I want it to match up. There's so many ways to research that, so much support online. You can ask every question you need before you invest a dime in any of this. There are even entire groups who are dedicated to homeschooling for free, which is wild, but doable. And I'm just, I'm not there. (laughs) I'm not there. So you can make it as expensive or free as you want, but I list all the resources too. There's so many wonderful resources, so many. And so you could see what it's actually like. That's one of the things I was thinking about when you talked about like the stereotypes to bust through that. All you have to do is like, go follow me on Instagram or wild and free or any of these people and be like okay, that's not weird. <laughs> that's not, that actually looks amazing. And I would like something similar like that for my life and my kids and all of that, not as a point of comparison, but as a point of inspiration for what education and schooling and learning can can really look like. So I talk about costs and scheduling and planning and reporting and just all the things so that you go from I think I want to homeschool, but I'm not really sure. And I don't know where to begin to like, all right, let's do this. I even came up with like a support group online, a Facebook support group. Nobody joins it because no one has any questions by the end. Like I even reached out to people. I was like, shoot, did I get the link wrong? Or like what's happening, you know? And they're like, no, I didn't feel the need to join because I just follow all these other resources you provided. And like, I, we don't, we don't need any more support than the places you sent us. Thank you so much. And I was like, all right. I I have a, I have a question.
1: So I'm a working mom. I I'm lucky now with, you know, one of the benefits of COVID for me is that now I work from home, which I absolutely love. You know, it makes my Monday through Friday, nine to five job, much more manageable with my life and everything. Um, but I think my concern here is like, how do I do it? Like, can, can I do it? Or do I need to find a different job? Because like, I can't watch my kid during the day and work. So is, is that possible to still somehow like homeschool when they get older or do Mm -hmm. you kind of recreate how you work and and make this possible for your family?
2: Yes. And yes. What does your day look like now? Do you have a babysitter or or how does that work? Daycare. Oh, he goes to daycare. Okay. Yeah. He
1: he goes to my mom's on Monday. He goes to my in-laws on Friday. And then he goes to in-home daycare Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Cause like, I cannot, the job I work, I literally cannot watch him, you know, but this is something I really want to do, you know, but I also love my job. So I feel like I would be in this conflicted situation about what to do. And Mm -hmm. I, I feel like other moms would be too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's brainstorm then. Yes. Like for me at two, I know I cannot watch my son, but as he ages and it becomes more independent, it is a thing. And so that's what I thought of. But then, do I feel bad because when I'm working, he's just by himself in the rest of the house? Like, <laughs> like, what does that look like? How can I make this my life because I'm totally for it?
2: Okay, I'm just gonna. It's gonna be like a big brain dump right now. Um, he's two. One of the best things you can do is start working on encouraging independent play now. Um. Mm-hmm. And- Just know the reasons behind it, all of that. Um, Sam with Sunny Seed Co. is a wonderful person to follow to get started with independent play. The hows and whys behind it, why it's important, what your kid gets from it, all that sort of stuff. And then you just drop that guilt to the side when it comes to independent play. They're going to crave that time, and it's really going to serve them. Um, When it comes to are they schooling, are they not, kids are learning all the time all the time, all the time, all the time. And if you were actually to sit down and write down even what your two-year-old son is learning now outside of nine to five, Monday through Friday with you, you would be just shocked at all the things that he's learning and doing wow. and, and all of that. So that's another kind of rewire that you mm-hmm. can start to work on of like, actually my kid is work- is learning all the time, yeah. even when I'm working all of that. And you like your job, so you're modeling Hard work, dedication, interest, lifelong learning, you know, you can come back to your child and say, I learned so much today. I talked to somebody from, I don't know, Ohio today, Maui today, you know, all this sort of stuff. You look at Maui on a map. You know, and you say, oh my God, she lives, she lives 4,000 feet up the volcano. How cool is that? Wow. Now let's start learning about volcanoes. Wow. Let's, how about this? And you just kind of like follow their interest. and the more that you can show interest in other people and the world and nature and all this sort of stuff when you are with them and kind of let them in a little bit on the work that you do. We take our kids to the construction sites, you know, and we do it safely, and, but we'll say, well, we do plant identification at the different properties that we're working at. You know, my kids know, kinds of different things. That's all learning. And it all counts. It all counts. So once you start to kind of rearrange that in your head, you realize, Oh, learning is happening all the time. It's not a Monday through Friday thing. You could do all of the curriculum and all of the requirements you needed. If you needed to keep your nine to five Monday through Friday, and that was inflexible, Mm -hmm. then you could do something in the morning from seven to eight. You could bed school. There's something called bed schooling. (laughs) Um, there's nighttime schooling, school, School, quote unquote, can happen anytime. Some of my kids' best learning happens when I'm putting them to bed.
1: Oh, I love that.
2: We'll do worksheets in bed in our jammies. Why not? You know, why not? If they're on fire at night, I don't know if your kids get the zoomies after bath. uh, Yeah, I harness some of that energy sometimes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, let's play this game. And they're like, what? You know, and they'll kind of sit down a little bit, not every night. And I don't force it. That's the other thing, too, is I, I don't force a lot of things. And that seems to actually help. So some people are like, Well, how do you get anything done? And it's like, Well, let it unfold, just give it some time. And I'm not talking like two days worth of trying, I'm talking like two weeks, two months worth of trying. And then you'll just get, you'll find your rhythm and routine and how it is you need to show up for your kids. So you could start asking if you can work like 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., you know, and then like take a break in the morning if you needed to send your kid or hire a babysitter for the afternoons. Um, or, you know, just have the in-laws in the afternoons have this lovely rhythm for them or work around nap time too, which is never guaranteed, but there are things like television, <laughs> you know, yeah. if it really comes down to it. So I've had to turn on the TV before when I've had no babysitters, yeah. um, I had interviews and I'll be like, mommy is talking, please don't come down. If you can, if there's an emergency, absolutely come down. But if you could just give mommy an hour and then I turn on a high value show and they never come down. <laughs> I mean, parents are having to figure out how to make
0: the online
2: school yeah. working. You know what I
0: mean? You, We always figure out a way. There's always a way. I feel like right
1: now, mm-hmm. more parents would be more open to it as well, just because of the situation. Like so many moms have been forced into online learning or, and kids forced into the online learning situation. And that is so structured from nine to five. They're already alone, having to manage themselves. Like for me, that seems so foreign because I think about having to go to school still like- it's so crazy to me, but I feel like this would allow moms to actually feel more successful mm-hmm. and like less worn down by everything that's happening with virtual learning right now. Like instead of having to force your kid in front of a computer, like let them go outside and play and go out back and, you know, spend an hour with them every day learning and then don't worry about the structure and and of right now, the online yeah. schooling situation. Yeah. This is so funny. Yeah. Like I literally... Could not have imagined this when I was in school.
2: No, I was thinking about what what you were saying, like the going outside thing and working, like what that looks like for me sometimes is, or the three hours outside a day, like how do you do that and work and cook the meals and do the laundry and all the things. I take my computer outside and I sit on the deck while my kids play in the yard and Mm -hmm. I edit podcasts and I answer emails and I brainstorm and do all of the things that I need to do while my kids are playing. So they are being supervised and you'd be surprised. That was the other thing I was thinking about just the other day was working as a personal assistant. I always worked with children in the background, always. So I had years of like trying to figure out what that looked like. And, you know, sometimes it was graceful. Sometimes it wasn't the majority of the time it was graceful but it just required like a certain flexible mindset that when you're not trying to just compartmentalize everything all the time. Um, I think that's different from time blocking, but when you're like, have this expectation of, I will not be interrupted from nine to five, my child will be sitting down in front of the computer from nine to 11 with their teacher and they will self-manage. If you have that expectation, it's just not going to work. And when you were saying how hard that would be for young kids, self-managing at five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 15 15-year-old boys, I mean, <laughs> any of this stuff, you know, like it's it, it's it's a lot. We're asking, we're asking a lot of children right now, and many of them are rising to the occasion. But if it is just absolutely maddening, you can literally stop today and start homeschooling tomorrow. A note on that, if you stop brick and mortar school to homeschool. You do not have to quit on a Friday and have everything arranged and ready for a Monday. You can take two weeks off. You can take a month off. You can de-school. That's worth looking up to, to kind of like get out of that. Your kid's not going to fall behind in a couple of weeks. Yeah, They just aren't. It's going to give you the headspace to research, to study, to find a curriculum that speaks to you, to find that support, to find a tutor, you know, just so you can have that, that flexibility.
0: Honestly, I feel like some people probably think of like, even for me before I actually looked into homeschooling, I thought it sounded stressful, but really when you explain it, it's actually kind of like, you make it sound very chill. And I, I would have liked that. to grow up this way. Yes. I would have up loved it. Yes, exactly. And as adults, if we feel that way, if we can look
1: back with retrospection and be like, I would have preferred to grow up that way where I could have just been playing more, mm-hmm. um, and learning that way. Like my husband hates school. It just, it's not it's not the way that he learns, you know. And there's so many people that are are like that, you mm-hmm. know? And if we can say that, then why not change? Why not break the break the mold and break the cycle and like do it for our kids? Yeah. You know? I would literally love to do that. I guess like my biggest concern is what we talked about, having to work a normal job. But you know, our, mm-hmm. yeah, our goal, we would love for, for mom worthy to to become a thing I our mean, full-time our full-time job and then we want to buy land like you and we want to yeah. live together with our family animals yeah
0: animals. like literally we're
1: yeah. not joking when we said we're totally jealous of your situation it is our long-term goal we're trying to we manifest could it homeschool together we could homeschool oh, together.
2: okay that sounds you're already in you're already in and you should just come to maui to do some like research it's important <laughs> oh,
1: oh. Percent, it's it's necessary. It's a tax write-off. Yes,
2: exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. This is for business, <laughs> business reasons. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm still thinking about your job. Sorry, because I want this for you too. I'm hearing about your dreams. So I want I'm this for you. Too. One of the other things too, is to start experimenting with what your, what your nine to five hours can actually look like and what, you know, it could possibly, how you could morph that and change the hours for a really, really, really long time. When I was starting elevating motherhood, I woke up at 5.00 AM every single day. And I worked from five to seven. Then there are seasons of our life where I could work from five to eight. That's a full three solid hours, two cups of hot coffee time to myself doing something that I'm passionate about. So that the waking up early is it's like a stigma, right? Of like, oh, we just can't get up or, oh, the only time you can have mom time is like late at night. I'm just not a night owl. So that doesn't, that doesn't suit me. But I, I pressured myself into being a night owl because I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to put my kids to bed and then stay up and do all of that. And that just doesn't suit me. And besides then I'd be disappointed because I just fall asleep with my kid. Cause I'm done. I'm a lot, So I started waking up in the morning and I, there's not one morning I've ever woke up at five and regretted it. So I say this, but it's not every day during the winter season here, I've been super tired. So I've been turning off my alarm at five, but not as much work is being done. And I'm definitely not as pleasant in the morning and yeah. my coffee is
1: hot. <laughs> yeah. And the world is changing. You know, my job, I've been at my company for 8 years. So 7 years before COVID, I was used to having to go in every day and I loved it. So I accepted it. And then going to working from home, I I absolutely love it. I never want to go back. And literally 96% of our workforce ever wants to go back and we're a huge company. So I'm not going back. I get to work from home now and I never imagined having to work from home. And it's going to continue to evolve and change. And we're going to be more flexible like that. We have meetings all the time. We talk about it and we're not the only company. There's so many companies that are going more digital and, and the flexibility is key to life now, you know? So in a couple of years, when I'm really, really ready to focus on putting my son into school or focus even more on homeschool, things could be even different.
2: Yeah. I'm so excited for you. I see you so lit up when you're, when you're talking about that, which makes me think that one of your focuses for making this happen, kind of like when I was standing on the stage of the Coliseum and I was like, that's it. This this is what we're doing. This is what I'm going to do. That was my focus. That was my husband's focus when we started planning our family and our, in our future and what that looks like. And flexibility was really important to us. Working for ourselves was very important to us. Mm -hmm. You could still working for a company, be a thought leader in that process. You could keep that as your drive as I'm going to be a leader in this. I'm going to show people that it can happen. I'm going to, I'm going to show the company how it can happen. I can, whatever that looks like you could show up to meetings and be like, you know what guys, this is working. And here's why. And here's how, and here's just some ideas and, and really be a pioneer in this time. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm with you. I'm, I'm never, I remember before I was a mom, we moved in friends for 15 years and she had her kids first, obviously. And she would talk about homeschooling. And I was like, she's crazy. This oh, girl's man. fucking insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those kids need to be socialized. Yeah. I thought that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I did because I was pre, but I was judgy, you know, and I didn't mm-hmm. know. And then now I get it. Now I so get it. I want a different experience for mm-hmm. my kids. You know, school, just because it is the normal thing, does not mean it is the best thing for
0: our kids necessarily. It is the mm-hmm. best for Some totally mean. My kids do right. it when we love their school, but it's still it's always something in the back of my head and if they were to go virtual, I probably wouldn't do it. I probably wouldn't do virtual. We would for sure homeschool. Yeah. That's why I want all this information just to have it on lock just in case. I
1: feel like I would enjoy the the homeschooling even more if I had like even more of a flexible job. Like if I got to my point so it's more flexible and like for you, like you live in this beautiful place, like you're on land where your kids can go outside and run around and you can go like the lava tubes and the beaches and everything like that. Like we just have to get our land. Yeah, I know, that's our goal. We just have to get our land so we can be like Lori Beth. That is our goal. (laughs) That is our goal. I Seriously. want goats I want chickens I want what she has I know <laughs> I have
0: the blueprint so she did she sent me a
2: blueprint yeah. of our land already I'm okay so- that, that is amazing a real that thing. Is- and how fun that you guys have been best friends for or- best friends is that yeah. 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 yeah yeah for 15 years so my best friend of 15 years uh she's actually moving off island today it's like oh. major- but I have a seven five and three-year-old she has a two-year-old it's so ah. funny And I was always like, homeschool, homeschool, homeschool. And she's like, no, I don't think so. And guess what? She homeschools her son. That's awesome. It's okay to
1: change our minds. You
2: know what I mean? Like it's Be flexible. It's that flexible mindset. We're also lifelong learners. That's something I talk about on my podcast all the time is that we are naturally lifelong learners, but for whatever reason, our culture has told us you have to have all the right answers in every single moment, as a parent, as a person, all of this, you can't flub, you can't mess up, you can't say the wrong thing, you can't mess up your children, you're not supposed to yell, but you can yell, but you shouldn't, but you do, but you don't, but then there's no resources for it, right? Of like, you know, or maybe you're just a yeller, maybe you're just a loud person, maybe you're raised in a loud house and your version of yelling is not, you know, that your spouse's interpretation of it, not that I'm speaking from personal example or anything, yeah, but know. <laughs> you know, there's just, there's all these differences and we're expected to know all of this stuff. And we just don't. And the more we can come to our everyday life with this whole notion of we're learning, we're evolving. This is the first time I've been the mom of a seven-year-old. And I needed to learn about that. So I did an episode on the seven-year change because things are changing. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. What the heck? Not a baby. It just, it's wild. And then um, we need to learn these things. And so instead of just coming to the table and being like, well, shoot, I'm supposed to already have all the answers, how to homeschool, how to raise a seven-year-old, all of this. It's like, oh, no, no, no. We need resources. We need to feel resourced. And that's where our confidence is going to come from. We don't have to have all the answers. This is the first, well, no, it's the second round, third round of homeschooling of a first grader, but it's it's really cool and fulfilling, and it's totally different than the other two experiences, you know, with kids who weren't my own. So it, there's so many opportunities for learning, and if we can just come to this space of, yeah, I I've never homeschooled before, here we go, it's amazing. I'm reading so much more too. I'm learning so much more. I'm pursuing my interests. You know, did a sourdough class, not because it was trendy, because it's delicious. <laughs> and, um, I've been learning embroidery, which sounds like so very homeschool, but it's something I really wanted to do. And I was tired of like hiding it. So now I'm going to learn. I, I,
1: I cross stitch. I'm not judging you. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> I, I want to learn to watercolor. I want to learn to do all these different things. You know, I'm reading all these different books and my kids see me as a reader and there's something to that modeling thing, right? When you're homeschooling your kids or parenting your kids, you want to raise readers, read in front of them yeah. and it makes a huge difference.
1: And there's a lot of psychology behind the fact that like, we all have strengths and weaknesses
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if, and it's a natural thing, it's an, a natural innate thing within us that we have certain strengths and weakness weaknesses. And there's all, they've also done a lot of research on this fact that if you try to improve your your weaknesses and just focus on that, you're gonna get a little bit better. But you're not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna change that much because that is your weakness, right? You focus on your strengths, that's where you get extraordinary. That's where you see the geniuses. That people are capable of is yeah. when you really let them foster their natural born strengths and, and interests. Mm, you can do that. So. And this is what you you're not forcing kids that suck at math and are never gonna be great at math to be great at math. They're just not going to. They're gonna get a C maybe and they're gonna hate life and whatever, right? Yeah, but I'm a tr- they love science. Yeah. And maybe you let them just focus on science more. And then they become scientists and someone that changes the world because they got to spend all their focus as a yeah. kid on science you know? And that's what I really like about homeschool is the fact that you have control, you know, what your kid is interested in and you know what they like, you know, like my kid is so into being outside. Like no matter what we go outside in the morning, we go outside at night. Like I work full time. We still get that three hours because if I did not my kid would drive me nuts. You know what I mean? It's for my sanity to go outside. <laughs> and we love to go look at rocks and trees. And we talk about bark and the, the shape of leaves and the different colors and and that is so much more fun of a way to learn than, you know, mm-hmm. in a book all the time or something.
2: Right. And if you want to take that to the next level, and I'm not saying you have to, just can. You get a book about leaves, whatever. You can read it together. You can read it just yourself. You can get an advanced book, whatever it is. You can. There's an app on your that you can get on your phone called Seek, S-E-E-K. And it's a plant identification app. It, oh. And it's great majority of the time. One time it did try to tell me that a dog taking a spot was a monkey, which I oh. get it. it was a little confusing. <laughs> but it, it, it's, you can identify different leaves and different plants. And you can start by learning all the plant names of the plants in your yard.
1: Yeah. Thank well, I'm know. a plant girl. I see that you are too. My house. It's my little fig. Um, but I have plants everywhere in my house. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I propagated all these. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. favorite thing ever. Yeah. I love plants. I'm, I'm huge on them. So I'm and with you- going to see that your kids going to see that and then you can just go out and, and identify like learn the different shapes of leaves and what they're called and then the next time you see one you just present it to your kid you didn't need to know that information going into it to be a stellar homeschooler right you're learning it with your kid as you go along and you, you see that your kid is super interested in rocks so you start looking up different names of rocks or songs about rocks or you'd be surprised you can find or games about rocks any of this stuff to kind of foster that you're right there's really uh, an interesting idea That's good for conversation starters for people when it comes to education. It's a really popular one in the homeschool community, but I am seeing it kind of branch out beyond that. It's this whole notion of if your kid is excellent and excels at tennis, but stinks at math, you hire a tennis coach, not a math tutor. And it's exactly what you were talking about. And once they feel confident and capable in all of that, the math will come. It can come there there's whole notions of, you don't have to teach a kid math at all until they're like in, what is it? 7th grade, 11th grade, something like that. And then all of those years of math can be taught in one year.
0: Wow. See all the things that we're learning yeah. and like, yeah. a
1: lot of frustration. Yes.
0: Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, say, I love your outlook. Mm-hmm. I love your positivity. I just love your vibe. We. Lo- I just love you.
2: I know. I, I know. I'm so excited for you guys to come visit. <laughs> Yeah, like we have to
1: have a, a best friend double date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we
2: go. Double date now. Can you where can people find your course? Is there a website or what is it? Yeah, homeschoolexplained.com. There's okay. a, a video introduction to it so people know what they're getting themselves into. I just I want more people to awesome to feel confident and resourced going into this because there are other options. And it just, you know, the, the days are long these days and the frustration level that people are feeling around education and learning when it could be magical and there could be a lot more freedom. I just, I'm tired of seeing people suffer and I really want them to um, find their way and realize all their options and homeschool is an option. And literally if you're at the end of your rope you can just cut that rope today and grab a new one.
0: You did make it sound magical really? and very appealing. So I think a lot of people are going to be interested after this.
1: Oh, absolutely. I've heard sure. so much feedback about
0: moms, like pulling out the hair with everything oh, I know, on. <laughs> Like, why would you choose that over this? It would make no sense. So I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of homeschoolers soon. Yes.
2: Awesome. That's awesome. I hope so.
0: Thank you so much though, for taking time to talk to us today. We appreciate it.
2: Oh, me too. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you.
0: We absolutely loved chatting with Lori Beth. She provided so much great information and I now feel confident in my ability to homeschool. If it ever comes to that, it may one day. And it actually sounds really fun and exciting. And she made it sound amazing. So if you wanna follow Lori Beth online, you can find her Instagram at Lori Beth Aldridge or her podcast page at Elevating Motherhood. And her course can be found at homeschoolexplained.com. So all of the information will be over there. I'm sure she'd be happy to help if you want to reach out to her on her Instagram as well. If you have any questions for her. And don't forget, you can join us over on Patreon for even more mom-worthy content. Head to patreon.com slash and we'll see you over there. Bye guys.